everybody out there in podcast land welcome to the dragon's nest podcast i'm your host will and as always i have my lovely co-host karen how are you doing this evening doing wonderful and sitting with us tonight uh, a good friend of ours uh, mr tim hasting how are you doing this evening doing great thanks for having me so next we're going to go to russia because i have a story about the brazno dragon the loch ness monster's evil russian cousin by sarah p young <laughs> Did you say Sarah Palin? No, I said Sarah P. Young. Oh. Different. She didn't see Russia from her. She's Wait, actually in Russia. I, heard, I, saw, I heard Sarah P. But in Russia. Sarah Palin <laughs> might have seen the dragon from her house looking over to Russia. Possible. Probably. But it was yesterday. Most likely. Or was it tomorrow? It was after she got off the uh, Masked Singer. Oh, oh gosh. Got yeah, it. Okay. Most people are familiar with the legendary Loch Ness Monster, a mysterious cryptid said to lurk in the depths of Loch Ness in Scotland. The Brosno Dragon, the Brosno Dragon, which is also known as Brosnil, is a creature with eerily similar sightings and descriptions from Lake Brosno. I tell West him Russia. his accents are awful. I do, people. You I like t- I t- you know you want to date I tell me. him all the time. I Would you like vodka? I give you. He vodka. does better than I do. <laughs> Could there be truth behind the claims that the lake is inhabited by such an unbelievable creature? And if there is truth behind the claims, what should the creature be? Lake Brosno, Lake Brosno, the purported home of Brosno Dragon, is located in the Tver region of Russia. It is surrounded by eerie abandoned villages and crumbling homes. All, although. Few people visit the lake. Most note that it feels extremely isolated from civilization. The lake itself is fairly deep, 43 meters or 47 yards for those of you who are not in the metric system. And adding to the creepy feel of the place is the sunken church at one side near an island. The difficulty in conducting underwater archaeological digs it means that it has so far proved impossible to date the buildings and anyone who may have known about the church is now long gone. There are a number of species of fish living in Brosno Lake, including perch, pike, and burbot. Not sure what a burbot is, but we'll have to look that up hey, later. Burbot. Proponents of the Brosno dragon cite, This is evidence there is more than enough food in the lake for a large creature to survive on. The legend of Brosnia, the Brosno dragon, may initially seem like a counterpart to Nessie, but sightings of this mythical creature date back much further to the 13th century. It was said to have attacked and scared to death a group of tar, I'm sorry, not tartar, but of tater mongol horsemen. What is a tater mongol? A tater mongol. A tater mongol horseman. That sounds like something might be in Kentucky. <laughs> hey, I was going down to the lake last night and I saw okay. me a tater mongol. Did you see that tater mongol, Tim? I swear there was a tater mongol out there trying to get me. I put some ketchup on it. <laughs> 
but me a little ketchup on that tater monger, maybe some butter, maybe some sour cream. It was good. Paul Dean was there. <laughs> oh, we went a whole different direction with that. Tater Mongol horsemen who were launching an attack on Russia. The legend was persisted ever since, with each new generation passing on the tale and adding their own sightings and stories. One legend describes an enormous mouth opening in the lake to swallow fishermen in their boats whole. Another speaks of a group of Varnigian Vikings who wanted to hide plundered gold and treasure in the lake. The dragon emerged from the lake and swallowed the island whole, thwarting their plans. By the 19th century, the sightings have become less fanciful, and rather than swallowing entire boats or islands, the Brosno dragon was described as surfacing in the evenings, but submerging if people approached it. So it got scared of people, apparently. It's afraid. It's now afraid. Like It's like, hey, I'm bit in bag. I'll eat me some Vikings. Oh, these modern people are kind of scary. The Brosnia did return to form briefly in the 1940s, however, when it was said to have swallowed an entire German airplane. I, oh. hate, I hate Germans. I can understand. What? Uh, <laughs> no, we don't hate Germans. Oh. I, I don't? <laughs> no, we don't. Well, I did in 1940. <laughs> okay, then maybe. Not now. In Only Nazi Germans. <laughs> okay, Nazi Germans. They would have been Nazi Germans in 1940. Not all of them. Not all of them. Oh, God. <laughs> So wrong. I swear, I can't make anybody happy. Today, people <laughs> local to the lake say the Brosno dragon is responsible for capsizing boats, and they blame it for several mysterious disappearances of people. The newspaper Caravan Plus Ya, whatever that is in Russia, a local to the region of Lake Brosno, often reports on the legend and visits the lake to capture the elusive creature on camera to share with the rest of the world. What do you got, Karen? <laughs> Mine is coming close to home. It is all the coal monsters live in Ohio. But Bigfoot, Grassman, Frogman, Ohio doing pretty well. Monster Wise by Scott Harmon. This was in the Cincinnati Inquirer. Must be true. <laughs> says all the coal monsters live in Ohio. A recent sighting of Grassman in eastern Ohio Showed a glimpse of the... I'm sorry, Grassman sounds like somebody that you meet maybe <laughs> if you went to Jamaica. <laughs> I hey, don't know. Welcome to Jamaica. I'm the Grassman. Oh, my gosh. What do you like? Come over here. I give to you. That's the worst Jamaican accent ever. Yeah, that was horrible. It um, wasn't very good. <laughs> thank you. Do you have a box I didn't hear team? you trying. That's <laughs> because I wouldn't. <laughs> the Grassman is just a Bigfoot. Pretty pedestrian. What? He's Pretty a, pedestrian among legendary animals. He's a Bigfoot with a medical marijuana card. Oh, my gosh. That's Grassman. She said that pretty pedestrian, that's me. Pretty. It says pretty pedestrian among legendary animals. There are far otter creatures that lurk otter in the Otter or otter? Uh, that's what? Otter? Like the water otter? Like, no. Like, or it's Otter, odd. like, that's very odd. It's very odd. Oh, gotcha. There are far odder oh, <laughs> creatures that lurk in the Buckeye lore. Here are, here's a look at some of Ohio's weirdest monsters. The Loveland Frogman. When you're riding on the Loveland oh, bike trail, ribbit. be careful of the large oh, bipedal frog. Ribbit. Stories of the amphibious mm. humanoid. Mm. In the Loveland mm. area, have mm. circulated since mm. 1955. Mm. That mm. year, a businessman claimed to see three of these creatures on the bank of the Little Miami River. He said the creature left the scent of almonds and alfalfa. Two Loveland That's so police. So thoughtful of him. <laughs> two Loveland police officers 
said they saw the creature in 1972. One claimed to have shot at the creature on the bridge near Riverside Drive on St. Patrick's Day that year. But he jumped away. The creature got away, but the legend persisted. He's a frog. He can jump it pretty spawned, high. It spawned a musical that had debuted on the, on at the 2014 Cincinnati Fringe. Frogman the musical. Yes. The Frogman resurfaced, resurfaced in 2016, more than 40 years after the sighting. Two people were playing Pokemon Go between Loveland Madeira Road and Lake Isabella when they spotted was a you large too? frog. I swear to God, it wasn't Karen and I. We were not playing at the time. We did not take the picture. The creature stood up on its hind legs. The sighting, however, may have killed the legend. We may have caught a Pikachu, but that's not a frog man. I'm just saying. Shortly after the news broke, one of the police officers who shot it in 1972 called a a reporter at the local news station, WCPO. He claimed it was a hoax. The frog man he shot was, in fact, an iguana without a tail. Uh, How do you confuse a frog man (laughs) with an iguana? Which is still pretty freaky looking, they say. I mean, how tall would this guy have been? I mean, (laughs) how tall was the iguana? That's We're true. talking like I mean, a six that, foot five that, iguana. I don't know. Because when say. I think frogman, I'm thinking like at least somebody who's at least five foot tall. If you're not five foot tall, you're not a man, right? Sorry, any like small people out there. Who I was gonna say that's not people. necessarily. Tyrion is not very happy with you. Well, he's a real man though. Let's just face it. That guy gets all there is to get. <laughs> he drinks wine. He knows things. That's right. Exactly. And he's not a frog. So, what about the melon heads in Cleveland? People in Cleveland suburbs... Is that a rock of, band? <laughs> it sounds like it. People in the Cleveland suburbs of Kirkland and Chardon have told stories for generations of human-like creatures with large heads. They call them melon heads and blame the government for unleashing them on northern Ohio. The legend states the melon heads were human test subjects of the federal government. The tests were... a Ari and caused and caused their heads to swell to massive size, according to the book Weird Ohio. Evidently, if you have a bunch of people with comically large heads, you want to hide. You ship you ship them to the woods near Cleveland. Various legends arose involving the mysterious Doctor Crow, aka Doctor Melonhead, who tended who tended to the melon heads. Sightings of the melon heads and their thirst for blood persists to this day. Oh my. The next one is something that we're a little bit familiar with, and that is the Mothman of Galapolis. Galapolis? Galapolis. 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 So, um, was the mo- I thought the Mothman was in Indiana. Uh, the Mothman's actually been all over, but uh, West Virginia was the most notable. That's the West one that has Virginia, the Mothman yes. that we went to. That's right. But they've been everywhere. Mothman is an omen of bad things. So, <laughs> Mothman has its roots in real-life tragedy. On December 15, 1967, the Silver Bridge over the Ohio connecting... Gu- Galapagos, I cannot say that Galapolis. word. Galapagos. Thank you. The point in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, where it collapsed, killing 46 people. In the year leading up to the catastrophe, people in the region reported seeing a humanoid creature with huge wings and glowing red eyes. It was first seen by two young couples on the West Virginia side 
on November 15, 1966, in a field. The Point Pleasant Register reported the story the next day with the headline, Couples See Man-Sized Bird Creature Something. Then others began to see the creature throughout 1967. The sighting stopped after the bridge collapsed. Some speculate Mothman was the portent of doom. Others think he could have been a sandhill crane. These cranes are large gray, have red over their eyes, and migrate through Ohio. What is, what is known is that the Mothman has become a popular cryptid. Richard Gere, in a 2002, starred in a movie based on the legend, The Mothman Prophecies. Which we visited and did their festival. Yes, we did. At that same location. And Point Pleasant has an annual Mothman Festival in September. Their town also has a permanent 12-foot-tall metallic statue of Mothman in the town square and also on my Facebook page. Which only has a nice butt for a metal structure. It really does. It's really odd. (laughs) But this one's kind of interesting because so many people have seen Mothman. And it's, it's interesting that so many people have seen him and reported the exact same and stories behind multiple him. parts of the world yeah yeah and it's always very large wings red eyes and shows up before a catastrophe but how many saw the richard gear movie that's true i took me i did i had not seen it i did. i have seen it now but it I was only not. after i went to the festival and it's actually a really good movie i recommend i'll check it out <laughs> what do you got for us tim <laughs> well there's a new claim of bigfoot And this time, it's on webcam, so you know it's real. So we do know it's real. The Oregonian first reported the Washington State's Department of Transportation, WSDOT, caught the supposed cryptoid on Ferry County's Sherman Pass. It's clear where WSDOT stands on the footage. It's posted a photo with the caption, Sasquatch spotted. Yes, three explanation points. Ryan Overton with the WSDOT. DOT said he was responsible for tweeting the images and that it's not the first time something this strange has appeared on the department's camera. We have had a blow up of an inflatable alien that moved around and in front of the web camera. Overton told the Daily Dot, we have also had Christmas tree that was lit up during the winter months and now we have appears now we have what appears to be Bigfoot. People tw- on Twitter seem to care about this a little bit less at least a little bit, according to social media <laughs> analytics. Just a little bit. <laughs> Not a lot. They don't really care about well, it. Well, <laughs> you'll, see, you'll see. According to social media analytics on Social Blade, the account generated, wait, 173 followers. On hey, holy crap. <laughs> That's a lot for them, okay? I know. And plenty of users have been interacting with the account, which is wading into the conspiracy theories. Some, like Twitter user... Gabe Garcia are skeptical now that more snowfall fell on the ground and roadway in each pick. Why is there no snow on all blocks of Sa- on all black Sasquatch? Garcia said, "At least sprinkle some fake snow on his black fur next time." <laughs> Photoshop. Notice you can that- always count on some Twitter people. Yeah, give just- me good, you know, give me some new. Uh- we just love the tweets. Exactly. <laughs> Photoshop. Notice that more snow fell on the 
fell on the ground and roadway in each pick. Why is there no snow on the all black Sasquatch? Okay, it's like the same thing. Maybe he's so hot he melts that stuff. You know? Or maybe he like like a dog shakes and it comes off. Very at at yeah. least sprinkle some fake snow on his black fur next time. Jeez, <laughs> that's how I read. That's how I read the tweet. Okay, it's probably truthful though. It's probably exactly Over- how I wrote it. Overton clarified to the Daily Doubt that his tweet was not meant to be a joke, and but does believe a stationary object was placed near the tree in the webcam footage. If you look at the current image, as long as it's not too dark yet, you'll be able to see it for yourself. But if it moves, Overton said, but someone did put something up there. I just haven't seen it with my own eyes. Update. Five days after footage. Ryan Overton told the Daily Dot that in the 24 hours after Bigfoot tweet was shared, the Washington State Department of Transportation gained over 500 followers holy snap it was the best thing that's ever (laughs) happened to them okay they now have like 647 wow so nothing like going viral (laughs) right that is crazy like they are viral viral but you know for the park system that is probably most they've ever seen they are viral af viral af yeah Four local cryptids you may run into around New England by Aaron Dion. Oh, sure. Going back to New England. New England. They have everything. Sure, New England has their share of Bigfoot sightings. But who cares about Bigfoot in the face of the Dover Demon? I care about Bigfoot. Not in the face of the Dover Demon. <laughs> I love Duh. Bigfoot. Here are four local cryptids woven into the folklore of New England. And if you like this story, be sure to check out our Haunted New England newsletter. New England forests can be downright sketchy, with the screams of red foxes, fisher cats, and coyotes echoing out the woods at night. It's no wonder early New England settlers believed their little patch of paradise in the New World was haunted by otherworldly creatures. Was that all one hashtag? All one hashtag. (laughs) (laughs) What does that have one follow? (laughs) What if they weren't wrong, though? Not about the scary animals part, because fisher cats are downright terrifying. But what if there are, as of yet unknown creatures, stalking the landscape so deep in the forest, we may only catch glimpses of them now and again. Here's a list of four of the cryptids rumored to be lurking around just out of sight. While there's certainly been a fair share of Bigfoot sightings, this list focus on unique, homegrown, and local array of cryptids available only in New England. And guess what? I want to see a Bigfoot. Guess what? What? The Blair Witch Project isn't one of them, okay? There's no Blair Witch in this. (laughs) I'm so scared right now. That makes me sad. So to hold its very own plesiosaur-like creature with a surprisingly endearing name, Champ. Plesiosaur? Plesiosaur. Champ. He's a lake monster. We're back to lake monsters, but New England... But we don't ever talk about Lemmy. Sorry. <laughs> Sightings of Champ, known as Tatoskok by Abenaki Native Americans living in the area. See, you all don't always get the hard one. Why did you call me? <laughs> Tatoskok. No, you called me like Jet Bomby. Champ. Date all the way back to when the lake's namesake, Samuel de Champlain, reportedly saw a huge fish in 1609 and decided it was a literal monster. Champlain probably saw some sort of gar or lake sturgeon, but that didn't stop literal hundreds of people from reporting sightings of champ over the next several centuries, including whole tour groups on ferry boats and even a county sheriff. Champ is also probably the only cryptid protected by actual legislation. 
The state of Vermont passed a resolution in 1982 protecting Champ, and a year earlier, Port Henry, New York, declared their part of Lake Champlain a safe haven for the creature. Have you ever seen river monsters? Yes. I mean, come on. That man pulls out, like, crazy, crazy kind of fish that look very alien. Well, send him up there and see if he can catch him. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying that one's a little far fetched. I think it was a fish, and I think it was probably some fish that came in. Well, it from said that it was probably. That... It said probably saw a gar or a lake sturgeon. Right, and that's. I don't know why that's in the cryptid category though. Because they might They're have a lake sure. monster. Boo. <laughs> right. Boo. The next one in New England is called puckwudgies. That's right. I said puck wedgies. You know, I think it's very unfair. Can I get you know, a, all the fun saying one? <laughs> I'm sorry. Can I get a puck wedgie? No, you cannot. Oh, no, Sheldon. <laughs> think of the most terrible object in the world. It's lawn gnomes, right? That wasn't even hard. <laughs> I like lawn gnomes. <laughs> all that evil, chaotic energy lurking just behind those Stop dead signs. eyes of the lawn gnome. Stop of the lawn gnome. <laughs> puck wedgies are like. If a lawn gnomes came to life, but instead of taking on the personalities of similar sized creatures like Smurfs or even Oompa Loompas, they land somewhere between an ankle biting chihuahua and a raccoon, but with magic. Pukwudgies feature pretty prominently in Wampanoag folklore, and according to them, Pukwudgies were allied with humans until we, predictably, made them mad and they turned against us. No, of course we did. Of course we did. Known to lurk around the Bridgewater Triangle area, Puckwudgies can range from being annoyingly mischievous to downright dangerous. They can appear and disappear at will and love to play tricks on people. So maybe your neighbors didn't forget to return your leaf blower after all, and you've just fallen victim to a Puckwudgie. A Puckwudgie. The next one, the third one, the Beast of Truro. The well, Beast of Churro? Churro. T-R-U-R-O. Say I was that. hoping it was going to be a Beast of Churro. <laughs> Sounds delicious. I would like a Churro right now. Can somebody make that happen? Can uh, someone I send would, us a Churro? Can we you? would like Churros, please. We will take a Churro. Can, We're, can, we live at 123 Main Street. <laughs> can we Uber Eats a Churro? Yeah. I think we could eat Uber Eats a Churro. I think churros. we should Uber Eat a Churro before we finish this article. I absolutely agree. <laughs> Can they please bring us extra churros? <laughs> we'll take a churro, a chalupa, and whatever you got. And a side, ch- and a side churros. And cool. more churros. While mainlanders may think of Cape Cod as crowded with tourists with hardly a speck of sand to call your own, there are parts of the Cape not so far off the beaten path that may as well be the middle of nowhere. It's the perfect place for, say, a beast to lurk. For decades, residents and vacationers around the tiny outer Cape Town or Truro have reported encounters with certain beasts, or beasts if there's a population of them. These encounters are usually people finding a whole bunch of dead animals that have clearly been attacked by something very large with a lot of claws. In 1982, the New York Times even did a story on, story? They did a story on a Truro police officer who has several of his 175-pound dogs torn apart by this creature. A couple later reported they briefly encountered something that looked very much like a mountain lion on head of the meadow beach, but it vanished after only a few moments. Big cat or no, the beast has gone quiet, at least for now, but keep an eye out and you just might see something strange. Cross Route 6 around Truro in Provincetown late at night. So you might see a giant lion eating churros. Correct. 
Okay. It's my kind of lion. I love that kind of lion. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great lion. The final creature in New England, the Dover Demon. Oh, not the Dover Demon again. <laughs> he was briefly mentioned in the beginning. If you ever wanted to lurk around in the middle of the night and scare teenagers, we've got some bad news. Jason is dead. Oh, what? wait. No, that's not part of the article. Wait a minute. Jason yes. never dies. Come on now. Yes, but he does love to kill teenagers. That's <laughs> true. Uh, the next cryptid already beat you to it. In 1977, in Dover, Massachusetts, according to news reports from the time, three teenagers separate, separately had the bejesus scared out of them while driving around at night on April 21st and 22nd by the so-called Dover Demon. The bejesus? The bejesus. Bejesus. A bejesus. Not the A-Jesus? No, the bejesus. The bejesus. The bejesus. The bejesus. But Jesus, each reported to the police that they encountered a human-like creature with a bulbous nose and terribly long fingers. They all drew sketches for the police that looks eerily similar, and one, William Bartlett, believes he encountered the Dover Demon again in the same area a year later. Could have been my uncle Ernie. It could have been. He's creepy. <laughs> with a bulbous nose and big fingers. Bulbous nose, big fingers. Yeah. Fortunately, why do I know it? <laughs> uh, police believed... It was a prank, and the sightings were dismissed. But when the Boston Globe caught up with Bartlett nearly 30 years later, he stuck to his story. Surely, if it had all been a prank, he would have dropped it after all those years, right? Dover Maybe. also definitely has some other weird stuff going on, with sightings of the literal devil himself riding around on horseback, woven deeply into the town's local folklore in the face of Satan. What's Ellis? a tiny demon man? Is it Tom Ellis? I just want to know, like... <laughs> If I'm the devil, do I ride around on a horseback? No. I would say yes. Like, if you're the devil, why not? But why? Like, I have my choice. I can fly. I think if you're the devil, you just walk around in designer suits and talk in a British accent. Absolutely. And drive Fully a agree. nice car. He yeah. can be on horseback if he wants. Why? Because he can't. But why? Because he can't. All right. Take over. <laughs> <laughs> so, I am going... Where am I going here? Strange sightings in Little Egypt. Do cryptids live in southern Illinois? There is a Little Egypt in Illinois. That's kind of so, funny. I am going to Illinois now. The big muddy monster is seen during the 2019 St. Patrick's Day Parade in Murfreesboro. And this is by Isaac Smith. Ange Dixon doesn't know what she saw, but she knows she's not crazy. She says... I can't tell you what exactly what it was. Recalling time nearly 20 years ago, her daughter and now ex-husband were driving near Makonda. Did uh, you say Wakanda? I said Makonda. Oh, Makonda. That's way different than Wakanda. I thought we were... Makonda. thought the Black Panther was coming in here. In the small hours of one February morning. It was around 2 a.m. Snow was falling. Dixon said she was driving with her 10-year-old daughter to pick up her husband from his brother's house. On the way back, she was driving near Maconda when she saw what she thought was a mailbox reflector. She got closer and thought it was a mountain lion. About 25 feet away, she realized she was wrong again. She says, I realized that it wasn't a cougar. That it was actually crouched down in the middle of the road holding something. Dixon remembered. We just sat there and was watching it. And it just stood up 
and it was huge. Dixon described it completely black with defined muscles. All I could focus on was his eyes, she said. Red, yellow, glowing eyes. Then, Dixon said, it took off and it was gone. Dixon's daughter was among the first to speak up. She was like, was that a Bigfoot mom? Dixon recalled. Dixon admitted her sighting doesn't always make her popular. I get laughed at sometimes, <laughs> Dixon said. It's like, I'm not fibbing. I'm not lying. I'm not saying what it was like because I don't know what it was. I have no clue. But that's what I've seen, she said. She's not alone. Far from it. Monster sightings are woven into the fabric of southern Illinois. The Tuttle Bottoms monster and... I'm sailing. sorry, what kind of bottom? The Tuttle Bottoms Did you say Millie Bottom? The Tuttle Bottoms <laughs> monster in Saline County. The big muddy monster in Jackson County. Big black cats, giant snakes, and little red men are all familiar folk tales. For some, they are a little more than folklore. We are knee-deep in it, Zach Starrett said. <laughs> He's the chief member of Southern Illinois Monster Hunter Group. He investigates reports of unexplained sightings in Southern Illinois and through the U.S. Starrett, a Williamson County native, says he feels like Illinois is a particularly special place when it comes to cryptozoology, which is the study of mysterious beasts and entities from folklore. Illinois is a creepy place, and it's very haunted, he recalled. In fact, he said in 2017, Illinois ranked second out of the 50 states for Bigfoot sightings. I'm just going to go out on a limb here, and I want to understand something, uh, if you can help me to understand it. <laughs> How come when I do voices, it's, oh, I'm so sorry, everybody. <laughs> Because when you I, do voices, it's because okay. I can do country accent all day long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for us, then? Well, you know, you've heard of Bigfoot. No, I haven't. Well, Karen just told you about it. <laughs> oh, the Koopa Kupa, Oh, Koopa Kadra. Love the Koopa Kadra. Perhaps even Mountain St. Helens' famous Bat Squatch. For Bat-squatch? years. Bat Squatch. Like Batman, but Squatch wise? <laughs> yes. Is there a bat symbol for that? There is. Bat Squatch. Okay. So for years, the Pacific Northwest has been known, has been the source of many alleged sightings of the strange and terrifying creatures. The Bat Squatch. The Bat Squatch. But. Bermerton might be home to Washington's most. And enigma, enigmatic, <laughs> exactly what he You're said. The shrimp. I'm having a hard time here today. Serpid, the giant shrimp in the laundry room. I'm sorry. Did you say a giant shrimp There's in the laundry room? A giant shrimp in the laundry room. <laughs> That's why I like my giant shrimp. Where did Bet Squatch get lost at? I don't know. First published. In, it was first published in an issue of Strange Magazine in the 1990s. The tale of the. <laughs> the tail of a gi- giant shrimp. He can't even get it out, people. 
The tail of the giant shrimp <laughs> tail in the, the laundry room. Sounds like something from Tales of the Dark Side, right? <laughs> so the tale, tale of the di- giant shrimp comes from the transcription of a phone call allegedly made by a woman named Virginia Staples. The story is a failure, fa- fairly obscure one outside the... I would say it's fairly obscure. <laughs> certain circles of cryptoid... I've a giant shrimp in the laundry room. <laughs> certain... Uh, Circles of cryptoid We're going to have to stop or he's never getting through this article. <laughs> right? <laughs> Aficionados. But in Bramerton, Shrimpy has been a big fan of Garrett Kelly. <laughs> it's nicknamed Shrimpy. Can you hear this 911 call? Oh my God, there is a giant shrimp in my laundry room. I just don't know what to do. What should I do? Ma'am, you're going to have to remain calm. Um, is there anyone else in the house? Just that giant shrimp. It's scary. It's got big eyes. Lots of legs. It looks so, good, though. Feeling delicious. Garrett Kelly, a self-described liminal cartographer, he can't talk today. An explorer of all things weird has been digging into the history of the mythological crustacean. <laughs> it's a weird, it's a weird story, and I love that it's from Bermerton. Kelly said, "I think it's a little obscure, but in this world, there are some people that it still jogs their memory because it's so unique." I'd say <laughs> it goes like this: In 1948, Staples was living in an apartment on Denny Street in Bremerton. The apartment had a large basement with holes in the walls that were rumored to lead to the water. While hanging clothes on the clothesline in the basement, Staples couldn't shake the feeling that someone was staring at her. Finally, she turned around. Does anybody else feel like, you know, that... Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I was so scared, and I could feel it. I couldn't move in one of those huge holes in the basement. There stood this thing. The transcription of Staples' story reads... Staples described the creature as she encountered as being as tall as five feet and bright orange with little spidery thin legs and antennae. Staples left the house. Mm, sounds delicious. <laughs> Staples left the house immediately and went to Seattle to live with a relative to get an idea of what she had seen. Staples had allegedly visited the aquarium. The only thing I could find that looked like that looked anything like it was the tiny shrimp staples said when she finally did return to bremerton years later staples reported that the apartment complex on denny street had been torn down really really (laughs) no one would believe this the story reads but as god's my witness it really happened what happened to shrimpy the legend of shrimpy (laughs) (laughs) so glad you asked (laughs) right Kelly moved to Bremerton recently from Seattle, where he helped found the, the Liminal Earth, a crowdsourcing map where people can post their strange, wonderful, unusual, and expect, unexpected experiences. Before moving to Bremerton, Kelly searched the internet for interesting folklore that led him to Strange Magazine issue number six. I don't know why issue number six, but that's the one. A Strange Magazine issue number six. There was many. Exactly. And the story of Virginia Staples. During his research, Kelly research reached out to the Kitsap Historical Society and tried to find any trace of Staples' descendants. A search of census data led him to find a woman in Seattle, but Kelly said his letter to her was not returned. A supposed phone call, uh, excuse me, 
I suppose the phone number for the woman had, had been disconnected. The story has its inconsistencies. County, county assessor's record, record show Denny Street, a small side road between Perry Avenue and Trenton Avenue and East Bremerton. has several houses that date back to the early 30s and 40s and a few empty lots, but Sable said that her apartment house on Denny Street was torn down after the Navy expanded. Unless a different, different Denny Street was consumed at the Puget Sound Naval Shipyard expanded. I believe that's Puget Sound. Just land. Not Puget, but Puget. Puget Sound Naval Shipyard expanded. It doesn't appear as if the Navy has a presence in that area. Any apartment on the road be significant distance away from the water, making it unlikely that a tunnel could run from the Puget Sound to a basement of a home there, as rumored. Additionally, the story was published under a section of the magazine called First Person, which includes unverified accounts of encounters with strange and outwardly beings. None of the following extraordinary experiences have been, have been investigated. They are reproduced here as raw data to be analyzed by some, enjoyed by others. The intro to the section read. Give me like 10 pages here. But yep, for, that's how it works, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> but for Kelly, the power of shrimpy story isn't necessarily that it's 100% true, although he says he doesn't actively try to debunk what he finds, but he rather finds it serves as a unique way to discover the history of Bremerton. In the process of investigating Shrimpy, Kelly has traveled around Kitsap's other famous spooky spots, places like Starvation Heights in Olala and Frank... <laughs> Frank Chop Apartments on Chester Avenue Avenue in Bremerton. It's just just so cool that you can really learn about a place you're from and where you live. Live through the hyper-local stories, Kelly said. For the last few years, state lawmakers have attempted to pass bills recognizing Bigfoot as officials state cryptid. But Kelly argues that Shrimpy would be a much better representation of the state's liminal community. He asked State Senator Emily Randall, who was born in Bremerton and co-sponsored the Bigfoot Bill for her support in elevating Shrimpy's status. You've got to represent Shrimpy if you're going to be doing if you're going to be doing this, Kelly laughed. He really did give him the longest article. <laughs> right? I need like a bottle of water here. You know, you're lucky this would have been your article, so you should be thanking him for reading it. Randall said she co-sponsored the bill with her brother and mine. He happens to be a big Sasquatch fan. Randall didn't know about the story of Shrimpy until she ran into Kelly in an art gallery recently. I told Kelly, I'm open to being persuaded that Shrimpy deserves more recognition, Randall said. Kelly thinks the story has potential to become famous, to become a famous urban legend intertwined with the city's identity, similar to Point Pleasant's mysterious Mothman, a West Virginian legend that has spawned its own annual festival. I think it would be great for Bremerton to embrace it and make it its own, Kelly said. Kelly's dream would be to own a liminal travel bureau in Bremerton to help others learn about weird, unusual phenomena. Until until then, Kelly said he wants to search out unusual Kitsap-centric stories. He encourages others to get out and explore. I think it's okay to engage with weird mis- mysteries. I think it's I think it's good for you. It's a good challenge for yourself. 
Challenge your assumptions about things, Kelly said. So I think it's very interesting, number one, that, I mean, I don't understand why there has to be an argument about, like, hey, you know, our state, should we, you know, make Sasquatch our state's animal or shrimpy? (laughs) It should definitely be shrimpy, and shrimpy likes cocktail sauce. Uh, Right. And let's sure face he it, loves cocktail sauce. not just cocktail sauce, uh, but a spa bathtub full of cocktails. Because he's five foot shrimp, right? So if he's a five foot shrimp, then he definitely needs Sounds a spa. Sounds delicious. That's what I'm saying. Like, let's boil that sucker and eat him. What about rumelade sauce? <laughs> like, who has a five foot shrimp? And number one, anybody who's actually seen a small shrimp. If you picture that thing five foot tall, I'm running out the door because that would be a scary, scary uh, monster. I'm sorry. But a five foot human would be considered a shrimp. Well, maybe. Depends on who you are. Investigating last week's Bigfoot sighting in uh, Salt Fork State. Well, let me try that again. Investigating last week's Bigfoot sightings at Salt Fork State Park by Waylon O'Donnell, February 23rd, 2020. Lure City. Cryptozoology, the study of cryptids and animals in folklore such as Loch Ness Monster, the Yeti, and the Jersey Devil have always interested me. My original taste for the research of mythical and undocumented creatures such as Sasquatch presumably stems from a tale my grandmother told me as a child. My grandfather, my grandmother, and my adolescent father were driving home from a friend's house in western Pennsylvania where they lived. My grandmother purportedly witnessed a large, unexplainable animal run out in front of the vehicle. Being a child at the time, my father recalls being in the back seat shaken by what his mother had just spotted. My grandfather, who is driven, who has driven the vehicle at the time, did not notice the creature. My grandmother noted that the being was running upright on its hind legs and taking long strides across the road. Initially, they speculated it was some sort of kangaroo that perhaps had escaped from the zoo. After much thought, my grandmother concluded that the creature was Bigfoot. Because of this memory, it always entices me whenever an article regarding Bigfoot slides across my desk. Recently, several new entities in Ohio have reported on two men who supposedly caught the most infamous cryptid on film in Salt Fork State Park near Lore City. I reached out to the Southern Eastern Ohio Society for Bigfoot Investigations, SOSBI, seeking their opinion on the sightings. Steve Blair, Bigfoot investigator for SOSBI, and generated generously offered his thoughts on the matter. I believe it was a hoax, personally, said Blair. There was just too many red flags. If you look at the pictures and you look right around the waistline, you can tell there is some kind of suit. His response disappointed me. I truly wanted the sighting to lead somewhere. I asked him if the Salt Fork State Park was a popular area for Bigfoot encounters. It's definitely a hot spot for Bigfoots and has been for many years, said Blair. There's a whole area down there that's been dubbed Bigfoot Triangle. That's all I needed to hear. My curiosity getting the better of me, I beckoned him for advice on pursuing these animals. They are very curious creatures, Blair said. If you put yourself in the right area and let them come to you, that's your best shot at finding one. I packed up a bag for the day and began a, the near two-hour drive to Salt Fork State Park. It was chilly outside, but the weather was decent, and the hike through the woods seemed appealing to me. After the lengthy journey, I parked my vehicle near one of the trails and began my trek into the forest. I meandered down a trail that led me past a multitude of moss-covered boulders and a frozen lake. 
Supposedly, it has been said that you can smell a Bigfoot before seeing one. I kept my nose sharp for sulfuric scent like a wet dog. My eyes latched on to any movement in the distance as I carefully studied every shadow, curiously searching for something lurking in the greenery. Blair informed me that the Bigfoot sighting in the area approximated the creature at a staggering 7.5 feet. Sasquatcher said to make whooping noises, boosterous howls, as well as glottal screams. I gave my best attempt at mimicking the call I thought belonged to a Bigfoot, but instead I sounded like Chewbacca had a stomach bug. <laughs> as I continued to gallivant through the park, my patience began to wear thin. I began using other methods to attract the beast. Marco, I shouted. Polo. Pursuing an answer, but there was no response. Tim. Polo. Red Robin, I melodically tried again. Nothing still. I'm not sure what Red Robin is. What? Red Robin, Red Robin. What is that? Yum. That's all I can think of. Red Robin. I mean, there's... I mean, there's the Red Rover, Red Rover, but that's something completely different. Yeah, but that's not Red Robin. Red Rover, Red Rover, let no. Bigfoot come over? Yeah, maybe. Let Bigfoot come over. I, I thought you were going all like, you know, Andrew Dice Clay there. Let Shrimpy come over. <laughs> let Shrimpy come over. I suppose Bigfoot isn't quite up to date with modern call and response references, but it was worth the endeavor. I left Salt Fork State Park shortly before the sun began to set. I didn't feel unfulfilled that I didn't find the legendary Bigfoot. I knew it was a shot in the dark. Personally, if Bigfoot is real, I can relate to his decision to maintain secrecy deep in the woods. There are times in this modern world that I wish I could leave society behind and find refuge in a forest. If you're reading this, Mr. Bigfoot, just know, because he's an avid reader, in case you're wondering, uh, just know. What kind of books does he read? I'm thinking, you know, probably like uh, Practical Magic. I could see him reading that book, you know, from the movie with Sandra Bullock. That just seems like a Bigfoot book to me. I, I would just watch the movie. <laughs> he doesn't have a TV, though. If you're reading this, Mr. Bigfoot, just know you don't have to make yourself known to the world if you don't want to. As long as you and the missus are happy, I can understand your desire for seclusion. Or mister. Whatever. You know, we're, we're all open here. <laughs> Maybe the next time I'm in Salt Fork State Park, we can get to know each other over a cup of creek water and a handful of berries. I'll be looking forward to it. That's it. Nice. What do you got, Karen? <laughs> this is the last article, thank God. Oh, last article. Oh my gosh. I hope you guys enjoy this cryptid <laughs> uh, episode. This is going to be a two-part episode, just I so you know. I was going to say this is going to have to be a two-parter. This is crazy long. So, I'm going to say this real bad. Snally Gaster. Snally Gasters and Death Worms. Five of the strangest cryptid creatures you should know about by Ryan Larson. Good job, fellow nerds. The word cryptid has officially been added to the American English Dictionary. How it took this long while twerk found a home there before it, twerk, 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 I will twerk, twerk. never know. Yet it's still something to celebrate. With that being said, we all know the big boys in the crypt... I can... I can this one's hard to say for me. Cryptozoological world. Cryptozoological. Yes, that's a mouthful. Sasquatch and his, let's call them cousins, the Yeti, the Skunk Ape, maybe even the Yowie. Then we have the aquatic dino creatures, the Loch Ness Monster, or Champy, and Bessie. Yet, 
It doesn't end there. Hundreds of creatures have been listed over time as cryptids, and some of these wonderfully weird creatures still haven't been made part of modern nomenclature. Did I say it right? Nomenclature. <laughs> nomenclature. So let's get the ball rolling and try to shed the spotlight on some of these cryptids that have been playing second fiddle for far too long. The Mongolian death worm. First off, how metal is that name? Can't you see some Scandinavian death metal band? Using that as their monklier Mongolian death word. <laughs> All right, here they are. Some playing number one on 2020. It's some font that's impossible to make out. Coming to the presence of mind in the 1920s, the Mongolian death worm was first written about explorer Roy Chapman Andrew. Although it must be noted that the creature had purpondiately never been seen. Yet the belief amongst the elders was so strong that Andrew himself believed in the creature. It was reported to be anywhere from two to five feet long, which is pretty freaking huge for a worm, but that's not where he gets superlative. A Mongolian death worm was said to travel under the sand and they could kill its prey from a distance. And depending on who it's telling the tale, it would either use acid or electricity to take down its prey. If you believe the acid stories, you can bet that that's corrosive too. Capable of even melting through metal. What, you may ask? Is the prey is the prey of a death worm? A whole camel. Okay. <laughs> then after the worm takes the camel down, in true bloody horror fashion, it lays eggs and its intestines. Gross! Fun fact, the graboid? Graboid? Sounds good. Just <laughs> From Tremors. Remember, Karen didn't write this article. She's just I reading the article. I did not write this. She's uh, doing a great job. The graboid from Tremors, if you remember that movie. I do, actually. Is inspired by the Mongolian death worm. It's my favorite movie. <laughs> So, the Jersey Devil. Haven't we heard about the Jersey Devil way too freaking much? <laughs> Otherwise known as Snooky. Nope, the Jersey Devil is actually different than the other one we read. This so, is a different. The Jersey Devil. Okay, yes. The Jersey Devil is definitely going to be the most well-known creature on this list. This is Bon Jovi, by the way. This is him. He's the Jersey Devil. The Jersey Devil. The demonic being that supposedly haunts the Pine Barrens of New yep, Jersey. definitely Bon Jovi. Has received a monicum of success in pop culture. Or at least he haunts all 40-year-old women. <laughs> spawning his own PS1 game. And even a few minor idol horror flicks. Wanted Dead or Alive. While sighting of That's the New Jersey PS1 Devil game. date back to 1909, and the devil himself was often described as a strange goat-like creature with forked tail and wings that walks on two legs. That's not even close to the most bizarre bullet point of, of Jersey. Wavering light. I think I said that right. Because, check out this truly comic book style origin. I'm literally reading this from exactly the way it's written, guys. Sorry. It's not exactly clear why this story is one, of, one that has become the backstory of the Jersey Devil, but it has. Rumor has it that Mother Leeds, based on a real-life Deborah Leeds, had 12 children upon becoming pregnant with her 13th, cursed the child and declared that it would become the devil. 
When the child was born, although it was birth a normal human creature, it quickly grew wings and horns and emitted an animalistic growl before killing the midwife and escaping through the chimney. Variations of the story exist, some claiming Leeds was a witch and the father was the devil. But peep this true weirdness. Some historians believe that this rumor was started about the Leeds family because, get this, Daniel Leeds was Benjamin Franklin's almanac rival. That's almanac. Almanac rival. Thank you. Like the farmers. <laughs> now that's some destructive gossip. Did you give and us that, each like 10 pages for the last Yeah, part? I think you did. <laughs> yes. And number three, the Snallygaster. The Snallygaster? This one is fun as hell. Dragons are mostly well known for their appearances in Europe lore, although the Asian dragons are quite well known too. Have you, however, heard of the dragon that supposedly lives somewhere in Maryland? I have not. Please tell me about the dragon that lives in Maryland. Frederick County of Maryland was mostly settled by German immigrants in 1730s. Strange early accounts in the area have reports of half-reptilian, half-bird creature, sometimes even terrifyingly describing as having tentacles that would swoop from the sky and carry off townsfolk, draining their bodies of blood. Sounds like the inspiration for the show V. <laughs> yes, it does, actually. The Snallygaster was said to have metallic beak lined with razor-sharp teeth. The sightings went quite... What? The sightings went quiet nearly 200 years ago. In 1909, when the county Deasons started reporting being plagued by a monster with giant wings, steel claws, and an eye in the center of its forehead, it was later revealed that it was part of a hoax to draw readership to the newspaper, which had offered a reward for the beast's hide. But the description was taken from the original account two centuries prior. What's really neat? Theodore Roosevelt himself hunted the Snallygaster, and there's even pictures to prove it. Teddy Roosevelt hunted the Snallygaster? Teddy Roosevelt <laughs> Holy himself man. did it. <laughs> In his wheelchair? In his wheelchair, yeah. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah. That's impressive. Popobawa. I'm sorry, what? Popobawa. What you calling? The Popobawa. You know what? I'm not doing it. Do it. Will, will you read it? <laughs> Fine. She's given up on the article, people. It was like 50 pages long. All right. So, Popobawa, even though, you know, she was supposed to pass it to me on the next article, but whatever. <laughs> you she's can do that one. Popobawa. Although many cryptids exist in America, partially because it's one of the newest countries that has been the least explored, they also exist all over the world. Lots of creatures and monsters are deemed supernatural, which is definitely a... Different category altogether, but elusive cryptids exist all over, and one of the wildest is the Popobawa of Zanzibar. While the creature has not, oh, I'm sorry, while the creature has no steady form, a shape changer by nature, it is said to create the silhouette of a bat-like creature when swooping down on its victims, hence its given title of Popobawa, which translates to Batwing, which is in no relation to... Batman's equipment. No, no Batman I, or oh, what was the other one? The um, the Bat Squatch? <laughs> the Bat Squatch. No, no relation to the Bat Squatch either. <laughs> now, the Popobawa is a little more savage than some of its cryptid cousins. While most cryptozoological animals seem to be 
of the more afraid of us than we are of them variety, still a handful exists that seems to lash out more or are even rumored to attack people. The Popobawa is much more vile as it, well, is super into sodomy. Oh, sodomy. <laughs> of the anal kind. I don't know why he had to like... Why did this article have to say of the anal kind? I mean, you could. Of I know that sodomy kind. biblically can refer to anything <laughs> other than missionary, but like, I think in today when anybody thinks of sodomy, they think of the anal kind. Am I wrong? I I don't. I, I'm keep reading. Okay, fine. <laughs> yep, why well, that's in there? Yep. While the people of Zanzibar feared the ever-changing beast for its vicious attacks. They were most terrified of what it would do to their behinds. <laughs> oh my. That's going to tear them behinds up right there. That's all I'm going to say. That's what the sodomy does. That's right. Especially if it's a beast called a Pupa Bay, it's going to tear it up. <laughs> they all got in your lube. <laughs> and the last creature is the Spring Hilled Jack, which is where this article should have came back to me because Karen didn't want to bring back the, um, the anal kind. I definitely saved the best for last, says the writer. Spring Hill Jack is one of the weirdest creations of folklore that was ever existing. Some things are actually plausible. We've explored more of the surface of the moon than our own oceans, so if a dinosaur-like creature were to still exist, I wouldn't be shocked. Bipedal ape creatures? Sure. Maybe even a dragon. But Spring Hill Jack? Buckle in for this. Sightings started in the Victorian era in London, 1837 to be exact. Described as a wiry tall man, Spring Hill Jack received the moniker for his purportedly ability to leap over walls as high as nine feet tall, while initial sightings stated that he was essentially a high-scaling massive pervert, grappling women with claw-like appendages and kissing them until leaping off. It sounds like Donald Trump. Oh, gosh. <laughs> ah, kind of... Do you think so? Donald Trump, right? I mean... Okay, whatever. Moving on, moving on. So, uh, Jane Alsop made Jack even more famous when she reported that she ran into Jack, who shot blue flames out of his mouth at her. I think Jane Alsop is a moniker for Stormy Daniels. Just eight days later, Lucy Scales was also attacked by a cloaked gentlemanly figure who also shot blue flames out of his mouth. Sounds like a venereal disease. The last official sighting of Spring Hill Jack was in 1904, and while it has been a solid century since the dragon mouth perv has been seen, except for in 2020, known as Donald J. Trump, Jack has become a figure of heroic folklore in England, lending himself to popular culture, sometimes as a villain, but often as a vigilante. Nice. Interesting. <laughs> well... That has been an interesting uh, story about cryptids. We've covered everything from Spring Hill Jack to Popobiwa. My, my, my to favorite, the Wendigo. The Wendigo. And Wendigo, Wendigo, Wendigo. <laughs> I like Shrimpy. And Shrimpy, Shrimpy has to be the favorite. Yes, Shrimpy was the favorite of I the say, night. I say for this year's Cryptid Awards, everyone please, for best cryptid of the year, Shrimpy. <laughs> Shrimpy. <laughs> the runner-up can be the Wendigo, but for the number one cryptid of the year, it has to be Shrimpy. Shrimpy gets my vote, and so does Meg. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's all the time we have for this episode. As always, we thank you for listening to The Dragon's Nest. Please follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Dragon's Nest PC. That's Dragon's, with an S, Nest, PC, for podcast. We are on YouTube, so please like, subscribe, and hit that bell. You can listen and follow us on your favorite podcast platforms such as Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google, iTunes, and at our host site, SoundCloud. To search for us, just search The Dragon's Nest. That's the, T-H-E, Dragons with an S, Nest. If you would like to share a story with us or have ideas you'd like to hear in a future show, please send an email to thedragonsnest at outlook.com or call and leave us your story at 513-549-3049. Again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time inside the Dragon's Nest.